0: If anybody knows about the grace of Jesus, I do. Yes, I do. Welcome back to A Servant's Heartbeat. We are on episode nine of our podcast journey, and it has sincerely done our heart well to hear the positive feedback and see our episode downloads steadily increasing That means more people are listening, and that's what we want, to share our heartbeat for the kingdom of God with as many people as we can. So jumping right into today's devotion about grace. We sing a song at church titled, If Anybody Knows. If anybody knows about the grace of Jesus, I do. Yes, I do. It should be no surprise to us that right when we get something affirmed or settled in our hearts and minds about the Lord, a situation can come along and cause us to question things. One day we feel so affirmed, so confident about God's grace, but when we hit a bump in the road or something shakes us, our confidence gets a little loose. And we begin to question and wonder, does God really care about me this much? I mean, I've stumbled over the same old thing. Is God really interested in helping me? Does he really want a relationship with little old me? The questions go on. Sometimes there's not even a bump in the road. You know, even when we've done right and checked all the boxes, read my Bible, Prayed, fasted, the present duty. Somewhere in all of that guilt and shame and that feeling of unworthiness creeps in. Again, even when we've given our best effort to continue and do things right. No stumbles, no falls, just doing the present duty. Some days we encounter that guilty, dirty feeling, and feel the demeaning questions. Who do you think you are? Who are you to worship that way? Who are you to lift your voice in prayer? Who are you to lift for God like that? Remember your failures? Remember your shortcomings? The you can't do this and you can't do that thought can become this weight of guilt And that level of guilt or shame can make it really hard for us to reach out to God and even attempt to get heart to heart with him because we feel so unworthy. It makes it hard to come to him with sincerity because we're caught up in feeling dirty and filthy and begin to think, God, why would you even want me, especially in this condition? I heard somebody put it this way, broke, busted, and disgusted. (laughs) Why would God want that in my life or from my life? And then with all of that, we're trying to pray. And all I can think about is my wrongs, my faults, my shortcomings, all the things that I could have done better throughout the week. And here I am trying to be involved in Sunday worship service, yet feeling so unworthy. I know I have to find a way to shift my focus, my thinking, getting the focus off my shortcomings and onto his greatness. I know that I can kneel down and pray and begin with what I know to do and thanking him. But sometimes that's, that's, that's where it stops <laughs> because I get hung up right there and I can't go any further. I know that Psalms 100 verse 4 says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. But shortly after a few words of thanks, I feel the guilt and I'm feeling unworthy, like I can't get past the gates. I feel like there's no entry or no welcome for me Because of my lack of worth and my circumstance, I'm just stuck at the gate. If you have ever felt this way, know this, you are not alone. Now, I'm with you. And maybe somebody is thinking about how their struggles have made them feel so alone. Nobody understands what I'm going through. But I can't begin to tell you. How many times I have gone to somebody that I confided in or trusted in and began to explain my lonely battle only to realize, A, they're in a similar battle, or B, they know of somebody else going through a similar battle. I know it's not easy to feel stuck at the gate, if you will, and feeling unable to communicate with God. But when I'm stuck and I don't know what to do next, doing the basics of what I already know to do is an option. As simple as doing what you already know to do sounds, some of the most powerful moments in prayer, or really in my relationship with the Lord in general, have come out of this intentional press right here. When I'm basing the press and prayer on what I know to be true rather than the unworthiness I feel. Pastor has taught us about the ABCs of prayer. Again, as simple as it may sound, it's effective when we apply that with intention I don't want to settle on staying outside the gate. When I know according to God's word, the Lord desires for me to enter in and be close to him. So I can begin with A and praise God for the attribute or character that begins with that letter. Lord, you're awesome. Go on to B. God, you're big. Go on to C. Jesus, you're the counselor. And I could just go off naming those one thing after another. And while those things are true, I can miss the meaning and the point if I don't focus on the why or how he is all these things. So for example, rather than just saying, God, you're awesome, think about how and why he is awesome and praise him specifically for that. God, you're awesome because. Pause to think about what makes him awesome. What makes him big? He's an omnipresent God. Make it personal and thank him for that situation that he counseled you through or he proved himself as a comforter to you. It's more than just saying those words or names that describe him. But it helps me to really focus on him versus my unworthiness, versus my guilt, my shame. Lord, it's about you. It's this intentionally putting my mind on him rather than my failures that draws me or leads me beyond the gate. I'm experiencing Psalms 100 verse 4 for myself. It almost never fails. By the time I get to F and G, something starts to settle in. I think about F and the word faithful comes to mind. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes that guilty feeling still wants to come in and distract and say, now, Kristen, you know, you ain't been faithful. God's been faithful, but you ain't been faithful. And and sometimes when, you know, I I get distracted in those moments, if you will, and start thinking about my issues more than who he is, I have to remind myself, this is an intentional focus on the Lord, not on my shortcomings. It's about him. So continuing with the letters, we get to G, and goodness and grace come to mind. And this flows perfectly with Psalms 100, verse 5. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. Even in the midst of my feeling unworthy and unclean, I can stand on what I know to be true. And that is the Lord is good. A few more verses I can stand on. Psalms 23 verse 6. Surely. Goodness and mercy shall follow me. First Chronicles seventeen twenty six. My situation may not be exactly like David's here, but this applies to me and it applies to you. David said, "And now, Lord, Thou art God, and hast promised this goodness unto Thy servant." His goodness is for you. Romans five and twenty mentions grace that did much more abound. James 4, 6 reminds us that he giveth more grace. Oh, to embrace that grace, this precious gift. No, I don't deserve this. No, I'm not worthy, but it's a gift he wants to give to you. He wants to give to me that cleanses, that washes, that renews, and helps me become the vessel that he desires me to be on my own by myself? No, it ain't gonna happen. But because he is faithful and he is good because of this grace, I am a new creature in him. All things are passed away. Behold, all things, all things become new. I am a product of his grace. And this ain't because brother so-and-so said it, or sister so-and-so said it, it's because God, you said it, and it applies to me. I don't understand why he loves me, but in putting that focus on who he is rather than my failures, I can begin to realize and embrace how he longs for a relationship with me and how he wants to give the precious gift of grace in my life. He loves me. Beyond the fall, the trip up, beyond the slip of my tongue. Granted, he hates the sin, but loves the sinner. I know at times it can be a struggle to separate the things I do from myself. But God's not after the thing. He's after me. When it's altar time, because we've gotten beyond the gate, we're in his courts now. So when I approach the altar, that place of surrender, he wants me to surrender things granted, but he's not wanting to take those things and just leave and say, bye. (laughs) He's wanting me within us, within you and me is something that God desires to have. And that's relationship. And we may think, well, I've done this bad thing and I've done that bad thing. Okay, again, God's not after the thing. God's in pursuit of you, the vessel that he desires to feel, to abide in, and for you to abide in him. Now, our enemy and self do their job well talking us out of that precious gift of grace and that relationship the Lord desires to have with us. Sometimes we can come into his presence and begin to feel his grace. That draw is there. But I can have one of two reactions, possibly more, but two come to mind. I can embrace the grace he's giving or I can reject the grace. I'm feeling unclean and undeserving. I know I'm not worthy, but Lord, I need your grace. Lord, I know it's your grace that teaches me. It's your grace that helps me. I know I don't have it all together. I know I'm not perfect, but I also know your grace is for me. On the other hand, I can reject his grace. I can talk myself out of the gift of grace by allowing a thought or mindset to settle in that I'm not worthy to receive it, so I'm not going to accept the gift. I know you love me, Lord, and I'm thankful for that, but I can't accept this gift because I don't deserve it. When those thoughts bombard the mind, I can miss out on the gift of grace because I've talked myself out of God's love towards me. Yes, me. Yes, you. It's easy to see the grace or love of God in somebody else's life and can be difficult to embrace or see that in our own life. I've been told this from the beginning of my walk with God. God is a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on anybody. And imagine someone is trying to give you a gift, yet it's hard for you to accept that gift because it was such a loving and thoughtful gift. The idea that somebody went out of their way for you, the idea that somebody spent their time, their effort, their energy to put towards thinking about a gift for you. It's hard to let someone love and hold you and say, kiddo, it's going to be all right. (laughs) I still love you. This can be hard for us for lots of reasons, ranging from our upbringing to our personality. Lots of things can make it hard for us to accept love or grace, no matter who that gift giver may be. So going back to embracing grace, we can embrace the grace of God, but another thing to consider would be frustrating the grace of God. In other words, I know I've tripped and messed up. I'm sorry, God, but I'm going to keep on doing my thing. You know, I'm just going to rely on your grace to bail me out every time. In that sense, I have no intention to change, but rather the intention is to keep letting God bail me out. I'm doing things my way with no submission to him. My flesh wants to have the approach of doing my own thing and just letting God bail me out whenever I get in a bind that's kind of like the Samson mentality Samson kept going back to Delilah and he would get up and shake himself anticipating just knowing the strength that only God could give would be there until one day he gets up to do it again and sorry brother it's it's gone you know he gets up to shake himself only to realize nothing's there so rather than rejecting the grace of God rather than frustrating the grace of Of God, I want to embrace the grace of God with a reverence and understanding that grace is precious, (laughs) such a precious gift, a gift that is for me. 2 Timothy 1, verse 9 says, Who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. I can read that verse and think, God, what do you see in me? Why pick me? I heard an elder say once, I'm just a little old man in a little old house in a great big city, and God gave me this truth. Y'all, I can look at Myself, you can look at yourself and see a big pile of just nothing. Yet when God looks through eyes of grace, he says there's purpose in that. Not a purpose that's I'm supposed to carry out on my own, but with him, through him, in relationship with him. If anybody knows about the grace of Jesus, I do. I'm a product of His grace. This isn't to make boast of myself, but to bring glory to Him. The Lord is reaching for you and I. He desires relationship, not according to our success or our shortcomings, but according to His own purpose and grace. If anybody knows about the grace of Jesus, I do. Yes, I do.